This is this is my alter ego. I need the max win. I need the max win. <laughs> I love that meme so much. With gentle hands. <laughs> this is my alter ego. I need the max win. I need the max win. I don't win. even know what that's from, dude. I have never seen that in my entire life. Ladies. <laughs> With gentle hands. With gentle hands. Oh, dude. I How do you look at your nails? Huh? Hang on. Dude, the C4 is like hitting me really hard right now. Do you need to take a shit? I'm trying not to. I'm trying to wait till I get home. All right. Do you just want to go? What? Just go? Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out. I'm not there yet. You know what I mean? What if you get there in the middle of the show? I know. That's what I'm saying. You might as well just go. Because I didn't drink a lot of water at work. Uh, and then I chugged a C, like a canned C4 on the way from work to the gym. Hang on. Might just be some gas. Sometimes uh, it's just... Pray that you don't shit your pants. Dude, I need to read one of these articles. They got the Epstein list. They got part of the Epstein list. You know Stephen Hawking was on the list? I'm trying to find the damn list. Nah, bro, I just gotta go. Alright. Just leave the camera rolling. Okay. I just That's did it. demonic things to your mother's poor toilet. Damn. <laughs> Dad, I'd take my sweatshirt off. Dude, it'd be like that sometimes. It was a bro. leg grabber. Welcome back, all of you regs and all of you shinies, to the most mediocre podcast in the Star Wars universe. My name is Jackson. I'm Tommy. And unfortunately, we're missing Jacob again this week. He had something come up last minute, so he couldn't make the show. He is feeling better. Thank you for all the warm wishes to Jacob. If you are brand new to watching this show, welcome. We love to have you here. If you are a returning fan and guest, Thank you so much for being here again. If you want to join an amazing community of people who love to talk about Star Wars, feel free to join our Discord. Uh, feel free to follow us as well on Instagram and X. We also have our YouTube that you are hopefully watching. But if not, we have Spotify, Apple Music, and basically any other audio platform. If you want to help support this channel uh, financially, we do have a Patreon and channel memberships. There we go. That's it. Yeah. This week, Jacob decided to choose... Uh, Lord of the Rings over, yeah. over friendship and they re-released all of them into theaters and butterfly kisses and yeah rainbows. So, anyways, so yeah, this week is another week in in Star Wars podcasting. Yeah, um, have you been this week, Tommy? My week's been good. We we rolled into the new year. Got to spend some time with uh, Jen's family out in uh, Indiana last week. That's I nice. Did I mention that last week? Yeah, you show? mentioned uh, yeah. briefly, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, everything's all blending together. Sweet. Um, but yeah, uh, it was, uh, it's been a good week. I'm, you know, working and just getting bills paid and things like that. So Facts. what else can you really ask for? What about yourself, man? Uh, I was in North Carolina for the new year, which was pretty fun. I forgot Dope. to say, we haven't made a podcast episode since last year. <laughs> That's actually like one of my most favorite jokes to make during the new year too, just because of how upset it makes people. People get really upset about They're like, jokes. I think it's hilarious. I don't care what you say, but, uh, yeah, so it was fun. I like being in the mountains, like being in North Carolina. It was pretty cool. Dope. Uh, stuck in Carmen. I did not want to say hi, even though he was three hours away. Coward. Little, little tear falling down my face on that one. It is Coward. what it is, Evan. I wasn't expecting you. I was do doing my stuff anyway. Have Bojangles, bro. Them biscuits changed my life. Bojangles biscuits are heavenly. Bojangles. 
Yeah, I was talking to some little kid down there too. I was like, yeah, up north, we don't have stuff like Bojangles and like listing off all the other southern chains they had yeah. in the town. He's like, man, I never want to live in the north. And I was like, nobody up here does either. <laughs> so, yeah, that was fun. I'm excited. Uh, kind of in Star Wars stuff. Today, as of recording on Wednesday, was the release date of the new wave of Black Series figures. Yeah. And for Christmas, uh, my wife got me the it's the Switch re-release of like it's got the Force Unleashed, Knights of the Old Republic, Pod Racers, uh, Republic Commando. It's got a whole bunch of stuff on it. And I've been playing through the Force Unleashed and I'm on the last level right now in Starkiller the Black Series figure just came in stock today. Sweet. So I went to GameStop and picked it up. I was super happy because there was a ton of them. So really nice not to have to pre-order something and worry about it coming in. My store had it. And I'm I'm like right next to the GameStop when I go to work. So worked out. That was really cool. Dope. Yeah, I've been getting shout out to Hybrid Tour Reviews. He got me the Black Series Balin Skull at mm-hmm. Walmart. And then that very same day, an hour or two later, I found the Black Series Balin or um, Shin Hadi at one of Heck my yeah, local dude. Walmarts. So Then you said you also found Pre Vizsla? I found a Pre Vizsla. I already have him, though. Dang it. I, already, I did find one. I need to get one, man. I was hunting. Yeah. I should have said something, but. Also. Uh, just a little aside, this is directly to the Max Rebo experience on oh, yeah. our Discord and Twitter. <laughs> I do own one piece of cringe Star Wars merch. It is this Grogu hoodie that is way too big for me. Too. This is what we want at Trivia, and I, it's such a comfy hoodie. It's so comfy and it's so cringe, so I'm not going to get rid of it. That's the problem. Yeah, it is a very, it's way too big for me, but I I will wear it for the show specifically to show that I have a hoodie that I, that I would deem cringe Star Wars merch. That's funny. Okay. Trailer trash Tom today for (laughs) for the podcast. Um, So I have a couple Star Wars articles. I had one bit too to talk about. Yeah. So uh, just a real quick one first. Uh, Han Solo's. DL44 prop from A New Hope just sold at auction and made a Guinness World Record for most expensive prop gun sold at auction. Wow. How much did it sell for? The final price was $1,057,500 is what it sold for. Okay. I honestly kind of expected it to go for more than a million, but I mean, a million is still a lot to pay for a million dollars for a prop blaster. That's insane. From A New Hope, from the first Star Wars movie. That's pretty cool. Would you spend a million on that? No. (laughs) No, not even close. I would spend a million dollars to... um, I don't know what I would spend on a million dollars. Do you have anything? Yeah, so the one piece that I had really quick. So we might be a little bit late to this. It might have come out last week. So sorry if that's the case. But hello there, Productions on YouTube for the last two years has been working on the final fight scene of Anakin and Obi-Wan from Revenge of the Sith in the two. Well, in the 3D Clone Wars animated style and that released. And I watched half of it today. Well, I was at the gym really quick. Yeah. And it is really, really good. Is it really? It's not a play-by-play of Revenge of the Sith because he does like a few other scenes that are in it too. Okay. But it makes it fresh. So like if you're not familiar uh, with Clone Wars deleted scenes and uh, bits that they just didn't get to, there was a fully voice, fully voiced, almost fully animated bit where Anakin and Obi-Wan are on a mission and 
and uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan kind of talk about like, because Anakin's frustrated that Ahsoka left the order and being like, what if I was a huge disappointment? Like, how would you feel? And Obi-Wan's like, that won't happen. It's supposed to foreshadow Anakin's failure. And so uh... the end of that picks up when, and it picks up like Anakin's like still face, like staring like a thousand yard stare, kind of an ordeal. And it picks up in the middle of the monologue between him and Obi-Wan on Mustafar when they're like arguing and the transition is clean and the fight is just insane. It's very, very well animated. And they, again, the bits that they add to are really, really well done. And it's fresh. It's like watching another person tell the same story because not all the details are going to be different, but the main plot is still the same. Anakin and Obi-Wan fight just few things here and there are tweaked. I want to finish it later because I know it includes the scene where Anakin becomes Vader and like gets the suit on and whatnot. But Ooh, yeah, people were going crazy online for it too. I mean, like I'm, I'm raving about it again. It's from hello there productions on YouTube. Watch it. If you haven't already, it was a blast to like, even just a little bit that I did was amazing. I hope that somebody cuts it and adds it to the Revenge of the Sith super cut right now. That would be cool. That'd that be would be dope. It, which is probably like five hours long, but still, it's a worth it to watch cut. Remember when that one time we had, we tried to all watch it and then all of us yeah, we just got <laughs> checked out by the, the second and a half hour? Yeah, yeah. man. Oopsie. Oopsie. That was like a four hour cut though. That was oh yeah, but now it's only more because there's the scenes from Bad Batch because at right. the time it was only Clone Wars. Right. Good Lord. Yeah. Um, I have, uh, before we talk about our main yeah. the article this week, I have another article. Um, I did see that. We have uh, an interview um, for CNN mm-hmm. with the writer for the Ray Skywalker movie. Yes. Um, her name is, I'm going to, if I butcher it, that's, you know, I tried my best. Charmaine Obeyed Chinoy. Um, is the uh, direct writer director for this? I, I don't mm-hmm. know if she's the writer or the director. I know she's directing for sure. Um, I looked at her credits. I really haven't seen anything notable that she's um, directed. So this might be her first time in the director's chair. Um, she this is a, this is a quote from the interview. Um, uh, Charmaine says. Quote, I'm very thrilled about the project because I feel that we're about to create something. I feel we're about to create is something very special. And we're in 2024 now. And it's about time that we had a woman come forward to shape a story in a galaxy far, far away. And we know that um, that show, that movie is supposed to start filming on April 7th. Hmm. So it's coming up this year. It's coming up in a few months. Um, and of course, you know, this interview came out and you have the, the neck beards that are jumping out and being like, Oh, woman, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, I mean, what, what do you think about the limited, limited information from that? I feel like it's a little bit of a, in my opinion, the quote taken is very much supposed to result in the reaction that we're seeing on that. I personally, I think it's cringe Bad Batch is made by a woman, and so are several episodes of The Mandalorian Mm -hmm. and other Star Wars projects that we have right now. So to say, like, we finally have a woman in the seat. Well, we have, and they've made some really, really good stuff. So, I mean, kind of cast that aside. I am really excited to see what they're doing with this movie. I'm right. 
I guess the excitement for me grows as it's now, okay, this will be the next Star Wars movie. These are the people. It's going to start production, unlike giving us a headline like how they have before saying, maybe you'll get a movie and maybe this will also be a movie. Rogue Squadron. Yeah, Rogue Squadron and such where, I mean, I'm excited for it. Again, I just right. think the quote that they took was a little bit cringe and maybe they could have done something different. What do you think? I'm I'm with you, honestly, with, with thinking that it's kind of cringe. Uh, yeah. I, I think that her saying that is is like you said just like how the article pulls the quote it's all looking for a reaction mm-hmm. it does honestly make me a little bit wary of how the movie's going to come out on screen because it's we've talked about it so many times so i'm mm-hmm. not going to beat the dead horse but it's star wars and in star wars there isn't that Marvel kind of style of talking about issues in like current day issues or like current event issues. And, uh, I argue there is though. I, I appreciate how star Wars executes it, Mm -hmm. but they don't do it the way Marvel does. Yeah. You star Wars does it with characters like princess Leia or with characters like Sabine or where there are moments in the show that would imply that maybe that character is being treated differently because they're a female. Yeah. But it's done so well in the story that it, it doesn't take away from the writing. Mm-hmm. So I, honestly, I, I hope that the statement is just her incorrectly. Like you said, saying that this is the first time a female will be in the spotlight um, because we've already had, Ray in three movies. Mm-hmm. We've already had Jin Erso in Rogue One. Yeah. We've had Omega as a lead character, Ahsoka as a lead. Ahsoka just had her whole show. Yeah. So to say that it's about time we get a woman in the spotlight. Yeah. To me, I think it's cringe, but I'm also not going to let it because I'm a Star Wars shill. I'm yeah. not going to let it ruin my my uh in potential to have enjoyment in the movie. Um, and I'm also not going to feed into the rigmarole of all the incessant yeah. complaining from incels. So mm-hmm. it, it's, I think as we've gotten older and as we've kind of settled into this community online, we've found our place as like, we're kind of just tired of it from all angles. Mm-hmm. The, the radically for star Wars, no matter what they do. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we'll see uh, what when it comes out. I'm not going to place any judgment until it yeah. comes out. And that's what I've been seeing a lot. Uh, <laughs> actually, kind of on that topic, Hunter, shout out to 12 Hunter, was sending me and uh, Hybrid Toy Reviews the other day some um, YouTube shorts from this random, I don't even remember the YouTube channel's name, taking articles about the Acolyte mm-hmm. and, and changing it into misinformation. And getting hundreds of thousands of views. Because yeah, that's all you have to do. But to my surprise, all the com- most of the comments were like, you're wrong and cringe. Mm-hmm. To his content, which that's new. I've never seen. Yeah. Usually it's all like brain dead people agreeing with. Yeah. Um, but everyone, like the one he was like, and this show is going to make the Jedi out to be the bad guys. And I was like. It, yeah, it's about the Sith. Yeah, it literally is about the Sith. Why would you not 
want the to make the Jedi look like bad guys in this show. Yeah. And he did another one talking about how there's not going to be a lot of blasters in the show. So Leslie Headland, the the director and writer for the show, said that it's not going to have a lot of blasters. And okay. he, he's like making he's trying to twist it into a complaint. Yeah. And he's not even doing a good job of that. And all the comments were like Still take L's. It's about the Sith and the Jedi. Yeah. Why would they be using blasters? Unless you were 50 Cal Castus, but... 50 Cal Castus. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I thought that that was... Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it's... I Honestly, I kind of think we're... Like, we always talk about the pendulum swinging. I think we're reaching a point where people are starting to get away from the outrageous, phony outrage videos. Mm-hmm. And they're starting to not become popular now. Hopefully that's you know, a trend. I don't know. Hopefully. Outrage will always be number one on YouTube. So Yeah, for sure. But yeah, so that's that's all I got for articles okay. right now, unless I stumble across something else. But I think it'd be a good time to bring up uh, yeah. Jackson's topic he, he found for the week. Topic of the week. So what I kind of wanted to discuss was that Adam Driver very recently just did a interview for the Ferrari movie that he was starring in. And... The interview towards the end of it touched on a little bit about his time working on Star Wars, which was a surprise because I watched the interview all the way through and they really could have avoided Star Wars the whole time. But I guess it just kind of naturally came up because they were doing a segment that was like true or false. Like, what does the Internet say about celebrities? Is it true or not? It was inevitable because he was a main character. Exactly. And so, I mean, it started just because they're like, you turned down having like a dinner one time with Mark Hamill because of like this and that. But he was just like denied it just because he said their schedules were different for the shoot for the movie. So that's why he couldn't. But I wanted to originally cover this because I had kind of in myself fallen for the clickbait advertisements that I had seen online saying Adam Driver was just in an interview and he said he hated the sequels and he said this and that about the sequels. And I was like, okay, you know, maybe this would be a good idea for the show to talk about it. Maybe see what he has to say. Right. And dude did literally not even hate on the sequels for a minute. He just really talked about his time as Kyle Ren and how What I really thought was funny was he was trying to discuss separating the seriousness of Star Wars with the comedy, I guess you could say, of what was acting. Because he talked about moments where a scene was supposed to be like really dark or heavy or meaningful. And then on the offside, he said like in one instance, the person playing Chewbacca was trying to eat yogurt through the suit and it wasn't working or (laughs) like stormtroopers and people with masks were bumping into walls all the time when they were shooting because they couldn't see through the helmets and stuff. So I thought that aspect was a bit funny. What did you think about the interview? I... I like you said, I the first thing I saw before I watched the full interview mm-hmm. was all the clickbait videos from creators that we've talked about before yeah. who are are only here to make money off of content. Yeah, exactly. And so they were spinning a narrative saying that he was calling out the sequels and revealing information that mm-hmm. we as the fandom didn't know before. What he said that I thought was interesting was that the character of Kylo Ren changed as J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson went back and forth on their movies. Mm -hmm. J.J. Abrams wrote Kylo Ren to be the, the inverse of Darth Vader in that Kylo Ren would get progressively darker 
yeah. as the trilogy progressed, whereas Darth Vader pulls back to the light as the trilogy moves th- moves on. Mm-hmm. And that theme still stayed in in the last Jedi. Uh, is, yeah, is what he, he said it still fit because he mm-hmm. ends up killing Snoke and taking control as supreme leader, you yeah. know. So, and he said that it, he was interested to see what it would be like for a Skywalker to be in control of the whole galaxy, mm-hmm. like unopposed. And then Rise of Skywalker came along, and he did say the whole Ben Solo thing was never talked about until yeah. the Rise of Skywalker. So, I to me, it was just awesome to see honest thoughts yeah. from an actor. That that's my that was my initial mm-hmm. initial thoughts on it. Um, but if you, no, I mean, I, mean, I, yeah, I dwelled totally on it with bit, that yeah. too. I mean, obviously, they're not going to know everything going into the shoot, and there will be changes yeah. like along the way. So again, I thought the idea that Kylo Ren was supposed to be the inverse of Vader was a unique idea. Yeah. Again, the surprise that he wasn't supposed to be uh, Ben Solo in the last movie, but I still feel like the inverse of Vader kept true to the most part for the movies, but I feel like the way that it happens is more realistic too anyway, just because I can't really see a character persistently staying evil. So we have like an example being like Dr. Hemlock and Bad Batch. Right. I can't see him ever becoming good. I can only see him becoming worse. And I feel like there's those early tendencies with uh, Kylo Ren in uh, 7 and 8 that he's never really fully sure what he wants to do, but he's doing it because he believes it's correct. And then you only see that start to break apart in the ninth movie where his true character is revealed. So I feel like it worked perfectly fine and the cohesion was there. I think that it was... It was good to hear, like I said, it was good to hear from an actor mm-hmm. the the process, but I, it just confirms what we all already knew, which yeah, is exactly. which has been said by countless executives and actors and producers and whoever else has been interviewed over the last four or five years that Disney and Lucasfilm did not like none of the directors or writers had a, a written out plan for these three movies Mm -hmm. and they were just handing off the torch to different writers and directors and everyone knows that in retrospect that probably wasn't the best idea and you learn from it yeah to me this interview did not reveal anything new it just it just again it adds confirmation to information that we already we already knew as like diehard fans of Star Wars. It's not hard when you watch these three movies back to back to back to realize that some things don't make sense and some things are not cohesive. But that doesn't have to be, I guess, like, uh, I know recently um, there's been a lot of talk about the sequels again because we just go in this revolving door we talked mm-hmm. about a couple weeks ago. It doesn't help with the news about the new movie being about Ray as well. Yeah, there's a revolving door of chaos that we observe from afar. And it's it just comes back to that point of like, okay, so like when are we gonna let it go? Yeah. Because clearly all the actors have let it go and they're not, you know, 
Mark Hamill has let it go. He was a, he. I mean, he definitely had his oppositions mm-hmm. about the way Luke Skywalker's character was handled in the Last Jedi. But over time, he mellowed out, and like it, all the actors, you know, their their careers are not just Star Wars. Exactly. So every time a, an actor in Star Wars says something about those movies, I don't understand why we think there's an agenda underneath that more than just the actors sharing their honest opinions. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, it it's really I, I I hate when things like that get used as ammunition for to say like I was right I was right yeah. I'm like come on man like it's the movies are how old now like the Force Awakens is eight years old yeah this year and they won't let it go it's gonna be nine years old this year and we we still haven't let it go yeah you know it's, I feel I, like people are never gonna let it go but. Until the next great disaster happens and whatnot, but disaster in quotations. I still think the movies are fine how they are, and it's a good addition of content to Star Wars. And yeah, they learn from it, and I feel like they've improved ever since. So what other criticism can you have? I know one of the big critiques, too, that some of these diehard people kind of go back to is that when George sold Star Wars, that there was a script for how the rest of the trilogy should happen, but it was never in the deal that they should follow that. He was like, you can have this if you want it, but Disney was like, yeah, but we don't have to use it. Yeah. So I still feel like there is potential. People really just kind of want to write off that, you know, Ray is the future right after uh, Return of the Jedi, so we can never touch on Luke again. But there's still plenty of time to touch on uh, the char- well, any of the legacy characters in this time gap that we have. What's in the Mandalorian's yeah. time zone before The Force Awakens even starts? Again, just because people don't really pay attention to the timeline and how much of a gap there is, and that they're trying to fill it. And again, they can cater to all these hardcore fans as hopes and dreams. Maybe Mar I really hope Mara Jade isn't in it, but any of the other little bits that they would have ever wanted that would lead to an heir to the empire style movie or show or anything, really. Yeah, I am of the opinion that when it comes to the argument, I totally lost my train of thought. You were just, what was it? How'd you start your thought right there? Dude, I'm having the biggest (laughs) brain fart. I'm so, I'm so tired right now. I was talking about, uh, just saying how it's bad, how there was a script for the originals, but they didn't have to go along with that. George Lucas's sequels. Thank you. Okay. Okay, Cause that was what I was on the, cause then I, I, I started thinking faster than I could talk. Okay. Um, I honestly, I've, I've heard George Lucas's pitch like idea for his sequel trilogy and I hate it. I, be, I mean, have you ever heard the whole thing? I haven't just cause yeah. yeah. I mean, so, so I'll lay it out for you. Just the, the main beats okay. because there's no like fleshed out story. It's just beats. Okay. You have Luke trying to rebuild the Jedi order. Yeah. That part's cool. You have Leia trying to rebuild a Republic. Mm-hmm. That sounds cool too. Yeah, that's fun. The main villains are Darth Maul and Darth Talon, the super oversexualized oh, red yeah. Twi'lek mm-hmm. as his apprentice. They hey, are the let's main. Let's cut that from canon forever, please. They're <laughs> the main big bads. I, I've seen too much of Darth Talon. 
on sites that will not be What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? (laughs) So I will not, I will not ever be able to take her seriously on screen if she ever comes in Star Wars, okay? (laughs) So I'll be like, I remember this one time I was a kid and on the family computer, I went, this is not Star Wars. Your dad finding the computer going, what is this? There's a virus. No, it was my old iPod touch. Oh, that's facts. Let's be real. That's facts. But you had to, because my room was far away from the router, so if I lost <laughs> Wi-Fi connection, I'd have to, like, walk to the doorway, get that Wi-Fi back, and jump back in bed, you know? <laughs> Let's get off Let's get off this. So anyway, so they were supposed to be the big bads. Yeah. And Luke was going to fight them. Mm-hmm. Well, then it ends up coming out by the end of the trilogy, George Lucas would reveal that Leia is actually the chosen one. Hmm. And she rebuilds the the new republic and defeats the enemy in the end. And there's a couple things that I have beef with with that personally and why I think I honestly with all the problems it has I'd rather have this sequel trilogy that we have with all of its issues than have George Lucas's. Because and that's the other thing. I see so many comments like George Lucas's sequels would have been so much better. And I'm like, okay, well first of all, you wouldn't have any of Darth Maul's story in Rebels. That's true. And because this was pre-Rebels when this was mm-hmm. written. And I love Darth Maul's inclusion in Rebels and his conclusion to his story. Oh yeah. In Rebels. Um and I also I mean everyone complains about Rey. If you make Leia the chosen one, I have just as much of a problem with that as saying Rey is the chosen one. Mm-hmm. It, it's Anakin. Anakin is the chosen one. Yeah. Like that is just how it is. Unless I get told otherwise by something on screen, I and I probably would have a problem with it no matter what. It would be a hard adjustment. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's I mean that's my big and the most of the movies because you know, there's no Empire, so they're fighting crime syndicates because mm-hmm. Maul's in charge of the crime syndicates. Yeah, see that's what I remember seeing too from the era of the Empire. I mean obviously you have Thrawn, but then there's crime syndicates. I'm like, what's the real point? Well, and imagine like there's so many people that only watch the movies. Mm-hmm. Imagine you watch Episode One and you have Darth Maul, who's this pretty insequ- inconsequential character that dies yeah. off. And then you don't see him until the seventh movie. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, and Darth Maul's back. And he's the main villain for the Somehow next Somehow Darth Maul returns. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Yep. Um, so, I mean, and I also feel like it just wouldn't fit with the Clone Wars. Yeah. You know? The story worked out how it did, so I'm really not upset with that at all. Yeah, so that, that in a nutshell, is George Lucas's uh, idea for a sequel trilogy. And, yeah, I've heard... I'm just, I'm just not, I'm not with it. I can't, I can't get down Mm -hmm. with it. And I'm fine. Here was something that I actually saw, maybe it was a week or two ago, but it was uh, Sam Witwer was doing a voice of Maul in a book about Maul. And he was saying that he had some issues with it just because it conflicted with some things in the timeline and whatnot. And obviously books aren't central canon if a book comes out it's always subject to change because they will change it in a show or movie and they have same treatment goes to the comics yep but when he was talking to george about it he's like hey man like i don't really know how this fits like what about this and this and how should i react to this and this and george was like just let it happen and he was like but why and he was like think of it like 
You're being told a story at a campfire. No person will tell it the same. And that's supposed to be the beauty in it, is that we have such an expansive universe that the story can be told so many different ways. And there will be slight tweaks to it, like when I was talking about the the film earlier, that it'll still make sense and people still enjoy it. And that's why George didn't have an issue with Sam doing the book at all. was because in the future, it would be retcon. But yeah. Sure. What do you think about that? I think that's, I think that's pretty profound. And, and Sam Witwer has some some amazing interviews as well. Mm-hmm. Like I I remember the interview where he corrected Dave Filoni. Yeah. Uh, on on something in the Clone Wars. Yeah. You or know? even when he talks about auditioning as uh, Galen Merrick as Starkill in the game, how he already has such a profound knowledge of Star Wars in the scene where he's supposed to be meditating, and they ask him to, and he can't. And they were like, well, why can't you? Because he's like, Sith don't know how to meditate. And they're like, oh, <laughs> so <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, he's he's great. And that I I like that, though, that the universe is so expansive. And I guess that that's also like kind of your loophole to like legends with so many different timelines mm-hmm. or like the I'll say it the multiverse in star Wars. I guess that's the closest that you would ever get is people just telling multiple stories from the same timeline. Yeah. That's in my opinion too. After watching that, the legends material sits a little bit better just because think about it. You have people who live on planets in star Wars who never leave their planet or their towns in their entire life. Only a select few really get to kind of do the whole intergalactic travel thing, depending on who the character is. So these stories of Starkiller or how Thrawn rose back to as the heir to the Empire during the end of its reign or could very well be real for people in the Star Wars universe. I feel like maybe we haven't hit a show or something yet that shows us misinformation or uh, conflict in the in the timeline too yet just because people are very much on the same page as it's going on because creates cohesion and I get it but I mean, yeah. what if somehow we ended up on a planet somewhere and they had no idea what was going on or they thought all these other characters existed still when they didn't. It's like when 3PO is telling the Ewoks the story of the first couple movies. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And Return of the Jedi. That is true. That's a good example of that. Yeah, he's talking about like Darth Vader and the lightsabers and the AT-ATs and... There's <laughs> all the Ewoks rag. I love that scene. Yeah, I, honestly, I, it it fits. And again, that's that's that wisdom from from George Lucas as well. You know, mm-hmm. I know there's that famous quote. I may have gone a little far in a few places, um, <laughs> but I I do think that at the end of the day, he was just making fun stories for for kids and for families oh, to exactly. share. And I think I think we as a community need to stop taking everything so seriously that is true i have enjoyed star wars so much more than i have in a while um since i've been watching the whole timeline through with jen we are almost through season three of rebels now oh nice and it's getting to the bad part and the good part we just watched the episode where they pick up mon mothma Oh, and she okay. sends her little message. I forgot about that episode, to be honest. Oh, yeah. And we see the TIE Defender in action, mm. Nebula, for the first time. That's cool. And that was 
I mean, that was such a good episode because you have the basically the formation of the rebellion. Exactly. So for me, I think uh, it's been fun watching her watch it mm-hmm. because you get just that pure enjoyment that that un um uh, that enjoyment that's not poisoned by fandom and by like like the the culty mm-hmm. ways that some of the the Star Wars communities the subsects of the community yeah. are you know one way or the other you know and I th- I think it's helped me a lot to just genuinely enjoy the franchise and not feel like I have to get on my soapbox on the podcast every week and and jump to the defense of my opinion of something mm-hmm. every single week like okay like you don't like it for this reason. You don't like it for that reason. I'm going to ignore both of you. I'll acknowledge your arguments, but yeah. I'm not going to argue with you because I'm not changing your mind. So I'm just going to talk about why I enjoyed it or why I didn't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And it's as simple as that. So for me, at the end of the day, it's it all comes back to you with, with the articles we were talking about today. Mm-hmm. If an actor doesn't like Star Wars, doesn't like a movie, or doesn't like the way their character was handled... That doesn't mean that their opinion is the only one that matters. They're the yeah. actor. They're not the writer. They're mm-hmm. not the director. They're not the, you know, it, yeah. it takes a group of people to make these projects happen. It's yeah. not just one single person that can, that can be the, the one to be like, Oh, yep. And they're the, the savior. They're the Messiah. That's yeah. going to save everyone from, from uh damnation in this, in this <laughs> dead franchise. And, yeah. Everything that Mando sucked and, <laughs> and everything sucks. And... Yeah, because Mark Hamill just likes Luke Skywalker, and so does Sam Witwer, too. Both very strongly are outspoken about how they don't believe that character was portrayed right. And I feel like thanks to Palpa memes, who we had on very, very early in our creation very of the first show, guest. really kind of changed a lot of our minds on how Luke Skywalker was portrayed and how... They did a really good job at making someone so powerful, so weak as well, and show you that people can still make mistakes and that they need to climb out of that to rise back to what they were. So, yeah, I mean, and, like you said, it isn't above. the end-all be-all for mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and, and I've said it a lot of times, too, that Luke Skywalker's character in The Last Jedi is my favorite part of The Last Jedi, and that's why it's like in my top three Star Wars movies. It's mm-hmm. my third favorite movie out of the whole all of them. Because I resonate with that struggle, seeing your hero uh, as a you know as a child or whatever, seeing your your childhood hero be vulnerable and fail and be at rock bottom mm-hmm. really makes you feel like that you know and watch them rise above and become better than they ever were. Yeah, that to me resonates so much more than. And he was just always a good guy that never did anything wrong. Mm-hmm. I respect if you disagree with me, but that's just my my watered down version of it. Yeah. But real quick, if you want to do, uh, if you don't have anything else to say, no, we do have a couple little things for collector stuff. Um, New Black Series Wave came out. That was really really cool. Try to get your hands on that. It's popping up. Yep, and then Yakface did post about uh, some info about the Droidica. Oh, I did see. Yeah, the Droidica. Yeah. Droidica is going to be thirty three ninety nine. It was That's... expected. It's a deluxe figure. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't expecting it to be Dark Trooper price. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be a little. I thought it'd be closer to forty or forty five. Yeah, just because it's so original, and you're never <laughs> reusing that. 
Exactly. That's this is honestly one of the only times it probably will come out unless they recycle it in the gaming grades. Or they could, uh, yeah, they could do gaming grades. They could do a Battlefront two one two for the training two. droid version. They could do JFO. Well, Jedi Survivor. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, I've I've talked to I talked about this on our Star Wars Hangout stream. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't there. <laughs> That's okay. I had hybrid and the cheese prints for uh, guests there. Um, I saw a lot of comments. People want to know one if it's going to be in ball mode, like if it can articulate mm-hmm. to ball mode. And the other one is a lot of people have a very heavy expectation that it's going to come with a bubble shield. What's your take? Realistically, if you look at the packaging and you think about how they could make it, I don't think it's practical to do a bubble shield. Yeah. And it could also be explained away because although they have bubble shields in the Phantom Menace, they don't in Attack of the Clones. So if this is an Attack of the Clones take on the figure, it's accurate. So you don't really got to be mad about it. I think for the price point that it is, I think it'll be able to fold into ball mode. Because, I mean... I, we have one of the original, like the Clone Wars version of it. All you need is for the chest, like the rib cage area to just go down and it would click in and then you just put the guns in like this and then the legs just all fold up. Yeah. And that's how it rolls. It isn't that hard of an articulation to do. So I feel like it's possible and I feel like it could happen, but I don't foresee a bubble shield. I think that's way too complex and way too weird in my opinion of a prop to even add, because think you're putting a clear, you're basically putting a fishbowl over your action figure. You're putting it in a jar hybrid. So <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me to do that. Cause even on this shelf space here, if we put a destroyer with a bubble shield, all these figures are going to get pushed around. So I don't see practicality in it. Yeah. And like you said, I don't see a way that Hasbro could practically, put a bubble shield around it and you can still see the droid. I mean, if we look at the the picture that's on this, on my phone right now of the droidica from revenge of the Sith, mm-hmm. basically the whole thing is clear except for there's a it's little highlighted blue. How are you going to get that in action figure form? You can't. I don't foresee. I that. really don't think so. Yeah. I think that that's I mean, cry about it. If you won't buy it, if it doesn't have a bubble, just makes more for us. Wah, wah. Cry more, be sad. It's just OT fans probably in hiding. They're the one, they're psyoping and sabotaging us, these OT fans. I talked to Justin from Shout Out Out of the Basement um, in our Discord. Mm-hmm. He was he was popping off in a conversation about this. And we were just kind of talking about like comment sections. Yeah. And he was like, dude, I don't even look anymore because like it's just... It's just endless. He goes, after the whole Super Battle Droid meltdown people had, we are getting Super Battle Droid in the Black Series. The most most requested Black Series figure after, like, other than fives. Mm -hmm. And they officially reveal it, and and all there is is complaints. Yeah. Because it's definitely got to be the small minority still that's complaining. It comes in a two... It's like, I really wanted that... Force Unleashed deluxe pack that they did with Starkiller and the two Stormtroopers for 110 bucks, but I couldn't justify paying 110 bucks because my wedding was coming up. Right, and now I have a single carded Starkiller, and I paid the regular single carded price for it. So this is the same exact thing. If you don't want to pay the 50 plus dollars it is for these two figures, wait, because they confirmed it was gonna be single carded. So as soon as that comes out, then bust out your wallets. Then I get if people don't buy this, and it will probably be. 
underproduced and go on clearance later maybe but like it is what it is and i think for 33.99 like why wouldn't you that was what i was gonna say so back when the phantom menace came out they had mm. action figures they tried six inch figures back then <laughs> they had i think it was an obi-wan a qui-gon maybe a darth maul but there was a droidica okay there was a six inch droidica I'll, oh I'll yeah because i saw the droidica your dad posted because we got a they did a six inch version of a stap that was accurate that hybrid or hunter bought at iccc and they put their battle droids on it and it was legit like you could use it at like yeah because they reused it for their three and three quarters i just figures. forget who bought it i don't so, it one hybrid. of y'all fellows but it, it was hybrid, hybrid. okay yeah. i knew one of them fellows bought it um but the droidic that six inch droidica could fold up into a ball. Oh yeah. I'm wondering if they're just gonna take that and put it in this in new box. It would make sense. It makes sense. Uh, the other thing though that I say to people is like, if if they just come out and say it's basically a statue and it doesn't come in ball mode, I also the more I thought about, it, I was like, I won't be upset because how am I gonna put it on the shelf? Yeah. Un- unfolded in attack mode. Mm-hmm. other than like wanting to get like figure photography yeah my my droidica is going to be in the standing mode mm-hmm. so if it doesn't roll up into a ball perfectly or at all that doesn't bother me yeah so it is what it is still excited can't wait for the official announcement that comes later this month right uh maybe entertainment earth posted about because oh, wasn't reveal. there supposed to be the new wave reveal because now we're finally caught up to all the waves that we needed the announcement of another to come out. Yeah. At Entertainment Earth, they announced that there's a new pre-order um, coming for Star Wars action figures on January 24th. Those typically are right though. Yeah. So, I mean, that might just be, cause they're like one of the only sites that announces when pre-orders are coming. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Otherwise we'll, it's the day before. Yeah. But we'll see what ends up happening. I'm, I'm personally, I'm not too stressed out about mm-hmm. um, what it's going to come with or anything. Cause it's going to be 33 99. That's a steal. And it's going to be a, a main, like a common deluxe like a mainline deluxe so it's gonna be everywhere you get on amazon walmart Mm -hmm. target like you know like anywhere yeah it'll be nice um i mean other than that do you have anything else no not a whole lot of other news that i had tracking i'm excited for well really excited for any week that we shoot the show but (laughs) yeah i guess that's all i got yeah so we uh this is a little bit of a shorter episode just because um there's just we're in the drought right now, waiting for the next announcement for the next show. Mm-hmm. So we will be patiently waiting for that. We're going to keep trying to scrounge around for articles week to week because that's an easy thing to fill up time, have a little bit more of a free form conversation yeah. about. And there's always some drama cooking up in Star Wars community. So mm-hmm. I'm sure we can always find something to quickly discuss, you know, for sure. <laughs> so um, with that being said, guys, we hope you enjoyed another episode of the 1313 podcast the first one in a year bro we haven't made a podcast since last year how are we gonna retain views oh no um yeah guys thank you so much for watching if you're not already subscribe to the channel on youtube follow us on spotify 
and everywhere else. All the links for our social media are in the description below. We have a channel membership on YouTube for 99 cents a month that you can mm-hmm. join. Uh, you get special badges, stickers, priority in the comments <laughs> section. Um, also consider joining any of the three tiers of our Patreon. We greatly ap- appreciate your support of the podcast. All of our Gungan bosses and grand admirals. We love each and every one of you um, and join our discord uh, or your cringe. Yep. So thank you guys so much for watching another episode of the 1313 podcast. And we'll catch you for the next one. See you. Goodbye. See you. Wouldn't want to be a Anita Max Ween. Anita Max Ween. Anita Max Ween. Hey, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels. And you're listening to the 1313 podcast. Eh. Hum-da-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-d